Welcome to Malicious Mamas, a podcast dedicated to an all-female perspective on lore, legends, and the creatures of the insomnia-driven fears you have at 3 a.m. I am your host, Nikki Nandiola. This week, I'm throwing it back to New England and sprinkling in a little true crime. Let me tell you that researching this mama was all over the place. I did manage to dig in and fully flesh out her tale, and boy, it's a crazy one. So without further ado, let's get down to the business. This week's topic is serial killer Jane Topping. In 1857, Honora Kelly, a.k.a. Jane Topping, was born in Boston, Massachusetts to Irish immigrant parents. Honora's mother passed away during her infancy, leaving her father to care for her and her sisters. Peter Kelly, nicknamed Kelly the Crack, as in Crackpot, was a tailor and an alcoholic. After Mrs. Kelly's passing, Peter was rumored to have lost his mind. One tale claimed that the tailor was found in his shop after having sewn his eyes shut. The Kelly girl suffered years of abuse from her father until in 1863, Mr. Kelly dropped them off at the Boston Female Asylum. This orphanage took in young girls in order to place them in loving homes upon the age of 10. Honora was placed in the home of Anne C. Topping of Lowell, Massachusetts, as an indentured servant. There, she worked while attending school, and the family conjured up a story to make her time a little easier. Due to the prejudice that surrounded those of Irish descent, the Toppings claimed that Honora was an Italian girl whose family died at sea. Now this, of course, was a straight-up lie, and that wasn't the only one little Honora had going on in her life. As it turned out, she was quite the liar herself, claiming that her father sailed around the world, her sister married an English nobleman, and that her brother was decorated at Gettysburg by Abraham Lincoln himself. This was just the start of her odd behavior. And from here on, something else changed about our subject. She took the name of Topping. Although she was never formally adopted by the Toppings, Honora changed her surname, as well as adopted the name Jane around this time. From here, we begin the true story. At the age of 18, Jane graduated from Lowell High School thus ending her agreed-upon indentured servitude. The Toppins released Jane, as well as provided her with $50, but she decided to stay on as their servant. When Anne passed away, her daughter Elizabeth, whom Jane had grown up with, took over the Toppin home. Soon after this, Elizabeth married a church deacon named Oramel Brigham, and her new husband moved in. This brings us to 1885, when Jane decided to start training as a nurse at Cambridge Hospital. There, she was nicknamed Jolly Jane, 
for her upbeat, positive personality. Little did this location know that Jane was doing some other extracurricular studying of her own. In 1887, one elderly patient named Amelia Finney claimed to have an odd experience while in Jane's care. Finney reported Toppin gave her some, quote, bitter medicine, and then she lost consciousness. In what she thought was a dream, Jane climbed onto her bed and kissed her face until something made her stop. Jane would go on to experiment with this bitter medicine, morphine and atropine, in the following years. After training, Toppin got a job at Massachusetts General Hospital, and things did not exactly go as planned. She was soon released from her position for handing out opiates a little too freely. This did not, however, prevent doctors at the hospital from recommending Jane as a private nurse for their wealthy, elderly clients. During this time, as a private nurse, Toppin made $25 a week, compared to a normal woman at the time making a mere $5 weekly. Jane's personality outside of her work was quite different. Some claimed she enjoyed drinking heavily and would often tell obscene jokes. To sum up, she was doing well for herself and managed to cause all kinds of trouble while doing so. This brings us to 1895 and what we will refer to as the beginning of her murderous streak. Jane was said to have killed her landlord, Israel Dunno, and his wife before moving on to her next target, her foster sister, Elizabeth. The two women had stayed in contact in their adult years to the point where Elizabeth would invite Jane to stay with her in their childhood home. While vacationing herself in Buzzard Bay, Jane invited Elizabeth to visit. One day, the pair set out for a beach picnic of cold corned beef, taffy, and a spot of mineral water laced with strychnine. Jane would go on to say, I held her in my arms and watched with delight as she gasped her life out. This was all done with the plan to go on and marry Elizabeth's husband, Oramel. To truly win his favor, Jane got the idea that she needed to kill the family's housekeeper and take over her duties. This was meant to impress Ormel, but somehow she missed the mark, as the man made it clear that he did not want Jane as a wife or even as a housekeeper. Toppin's next plan of action was definitely more extreme. She decided that the only logical thing to do to win him over would be to poison the man and nurse him back to health. When this didn't work, Jane flew off the handle for a hot second, threatening to claim he had gotten her pregnant if he did not marry her. With that, Ormel ordered her to leave his house. From this, Jane attempted suicide and ended up in the hospital. When she was released, 
Toppin moved into the home of Alden Davis in 1901. The elderly man had recently lost his wife, which Jane knew all too well about. While renting a cottage from the couple, Toppin fell behind on payments, so Mrs. Maddie Davis gave her a visit in order to collect. After this meetup, Maddie passed away from a later diagnosis of morphine and atropine found in her system. Within weeks, Jane killed not only Alden, but his two married daughters, Minnie and Geraldine. Unlucky for Jane, Minnie's father-in-law became suspicious of the fact that the entire family died in such a short period of time and hired a toxicologist. Along with the help of a judge, Minnie's body was exhumed, and a lethal combination of morphine and atropine was found in her system. Toppin was then arrested on October 29, 1901. Her trial started in 1902 at the Barnstable County Courthouse, and Jane confessed to her lawyer that she murdered anywhere from 31 to 100 people. Along with this, she claimed she began her killing spree after being jilted by a former lover at the age of 16. Had she married happily, she would have had no time to think about murder. As ridiculous as that sounds, apparently it wasn't all that unbelievable to the jury, who, after deliberating for 27 minutes, found Jane not guilty by reason of insanity. Toppin would go on to spend the rest of her life at the Taunton State Hospital until her death in 1938, often telling staff to fetch some morphine to use on those in the ward so they could enjoy watching while those patients slowly died. On that note, let's conclude this episode. If you have any suggestions on mamas you'd like me to cover or a spooky tale to share, please send an email to maliciousmamas at gmail.com. If you're looking for more mamas in your life, follow Malicious Mamas on both Instagram and Twitter. Also, if you could rate, comment, and subscribe to Malicious Mamas on your favorite podcast app, it would really help to get the show out there, and I would greatly appreciate the feedback. Until next time, keep it real, mamas.